0: Welcome to Sound of Truth Weekly Interview, where we have conversations with ordinary people to learn how our extraordinary God is at work in people's lives and in the world today. I'm your host, Brett Morani, and I'm excited you've joined us. Joining me for a third consecutive weekly interview is Jimmy Davidson. He is the lead church planting catalyst for the Sin Network in California. He's also the founder of G3 which is a ministry that has a house in Southwest Virginia, where they bring in leaders from around the world to train them, to equip them, and then deploy them to go back out and fulfill the Great Commission. Jimmy, great to have you back for another weekly interview. Brett, thank you so much, man,
1: I've loved it.
0: Let's talk in this episode about how living the Christ life results in a heart for lost people and desire to share Christ. How does the Christ life impact you, Jimmy, and how's it impacted what you've done and what you're doing as you're partnering with the Lord and letting Christ live in and through you to fulfill, specifically I'm asking about, fulfillment of the Great Commission?
1: Yeah, so good. Uh, you know, I identify with Matthew, Matthew chapter 9, when Jesus called him, last person on earth. He was on nobody's top 100, not even their bottom 100, and Jesus called Matthew. Uh, he's calling everyone to come and follow him. Matthew said yes, and I think it for me it begins, of course, when I said yes to Christ, but you know when I was you know beginning uh, as I was following Jesus in my maybe thirty thirty one years old, another lesson God taught me was to put my yes on the table because, like you said, this is something that the Lord initiated, like I didn't see it. <laughs> Uh, couldn't see it, didn't 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 even understand, you know. But when I said yes to him, when he came to me, when I was really discouraged, really depressed, and he showed up one day, and uh, he basically said to me, "Jimmy, are you done yet?" Because, like I said, I'm Type A, you know. We're going to charge that hill. Are you done yet, Jimmy? Because I'd run out of energy. And I think God knew for me before I would listen, I was going to have to run out of myself to the point that I couldn't do anything else. So he said, are you done, Jimmy? Are you done doing church and life the way you want to do it? If you are, I'll show you what I'm doing in the world. I'll show you how I put my church together. And I didn't even know what that fully would mean. I just said, God, you know I'm done, and I want to be a part of what you're doing. And here's, here's a very important phrase, Brett. I said to him, even if I don't agree with what you're doing, because the last time I checked, God is not getting nobody's permission to do what he does. You know, we can check it out in the Word, and we are to do that. We're to sift the spirits, you know, to see if they're from God. Because there's a lot of false junk out there. But I'm basically putting my yes on the table. And man, that stuff started happening, you know, and direction and leadership that led to the story I'm going to tell you here in just a moment. But that's the first part before I even knew what that meant. I said to him, yes, Lord.
0: I know at this point, maybe some, some of our listeners might be saying, yeah, you guys are pastors. That's, what, that's the way God works in pastors' lives.
1: You know, when, when, when Jesus, before he ascended back into heaven, not only to his disciples there, but to all of us, he commanded us, I want you to go into all the world and make disciples. And uh, I want you to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I want you to teach them everything I've commanded you, teach them to do it. And because a lot of Christians and churches, my experience over the years is, you know, they got great head knowledge, Bible study, and we're learning the word and know the word better. But if we're going to be mature disciples, we have to act on what he Mm said. He said, teach them to do. This was the transformational piece for me. It's not enough to say, here I am, you know, send me, I'm willing. No, we've got to do what he says. That's where the transformation, that's where we get to see God do only what God can do. And so when he said to us, going to all the world, now, Brett, I gave to the Great Commission, you know, taught about the Great Commission, believed in the Great Commission, supported the Great Commission, but I didn't get the Great Commission until God awakened me to his global glory. Mm -hmm. That he he didn't just care about you know, where I lived in Abingdon, Virginia, population of about 8,000 people, and, uh, you know, the men and women, boys and girls who lived there, he awakened me to his global glory that, Jimmy, I know you care about your family and your friends, and, you know, because I was a pastor in the, you know, the church you pastor, Holland, but I care about everybody. Mm-hmm. There are boys and girls in places on this planet, billions. You don't even know who they are. You don't even know where they live. You don't even know what they're facing. I do. So part of that Jesus life and what God's wanting to do through us is awaken us to actually act on what he says and to do what he tells us to do. You know, it's his part of the body. And the cool thing about that, that's going to be very diverse. It's going to look different from Each one of us in the role we're to play. Some people are called to go and live among tribes and peoples, you know, and others are called to give, and that's the part they can do. They're shut in, but they can pray, and they can do the part that God's called them to do. And God knows better than any of us the part that we're to play. So when I was awakened to that and uh, became open to the global glory of God, that he doesn't just care about the people that I'm thinking about. That's where I put my yes on the table. I'm like, what do you do with that, Brett? Like when, when you sense him asking you to do something, there is no way, no way you can do that. You know, you don't have the skill. Like I tell people I'm a big chicken. You know, I would have people come to me and talk about, you know, God's global glory and you know, going on trips with them. And and I would just smile and laugh breath. But inside, I'm thinking, there is no way I'm going to go do that. You know, partly because I'm a big chicken. Like, I am not going to go where you want to go. So when I said yes to him, when he revealed to me that, hey, it's not just the people you know where you're at, God began to move heaven and earth, literally, to enable me to act on what he was showing me to do and the part that I was to play.
0: So let's talk about some examples of how the Christ life has led to you being on mission personally, or perhaps you've seen others who are living the Christ life, and that's led to them having a passion for the Great Commission and for seeing others come to faith in Christ.
1: Yeah, you know, because the, the Great Commission and, and Christ's words are to all of us as individuals, and uh, part of what he wants us to do is go make disciples. And, uh, and to teach others to do what he commands us to do. It's not enough just to, you know, have Bible knowledge. And a lot of times, Brad, I think people think, well, I, I don't know that I know enough. If you have come to know Jesus as your personal savior and you've got a story to tell. And I te- I tell people it's not how well you tell it. Like, you know, we really exalt gifted communicators, and I love gifted communicators. I love to listen to gifted communicators. Sometimes I think we have the impression that if somebody's not a gifted communicator, well, they really can't share. It's not how well we share it. The scripture talks about that salvation is the power of God and the salvation to everyone who believes.
0: You're Uh, so right on this. I mean, I'm so glad you're hitting that point because— in the New Testament, we actually see some of the greatest evangelists in the New Testament are fresh converts, and they don't yeah. know hardly up from down when it comes to the to the Bible at that point. Yeah. They just know Jesus, and they love him, and they're excited. And they want to share him with others, and that's what God uses. And then you think about perhaps the most skilled theologian alive in the first century outside of Jesus Christ himself was the Apostle Paul. And right. when he talks about preaching the gospel and sharing it, he actually says his philosophy was to kind of Avoid being impressive with his oratory. Yes. We're talking about 1 yes. Corinthians chapter one. He's like, Yep. because I, I wanted you to see it was the message. It was the power of God at work, not yes. the messenger and his skilled oratory.
1: Yes, it's so true. I, I, you know I was just studying about Pentecost, and so you know you have maybe 45, 50,000 people, potentially, the temple area where they think that that great message that you know Peter preached. You had all the nations of the world there. They, they've come to see the temple from all over the world. It, it's a great gathering time. And, you know, he shares the good news, and everyone hears uh, him in their language. So it's supernatural what's happened. They're all here in the gospel. And 3,000 people believed that day. 3,000 people accepted Christ. And the Bible tells us even when Paul gets to Rome, you've got all these people that after they've become believers, they scatter all over the known world. What are these people doing? They're going to share good news, not bad news. You know, sometimes I think people think, well, you know, it's bad news. No, it's good news. The gospel is good news. And these people went and they did that. And we talk about the great growth of the church of the first century, first 300 years. How did that happen? everybody shared good news. So I think there's an element of the darker the times get. We're talking everybody's post-Christian. And, you know, you have a generation growing up have not even read or heard the scriptures. And, man, I'm telling church planters here that these are no greater days than right now for the gospel, the good news, and for people to hear it. And... An example of how well people are ready to hear it and how the Holy Spirit's at work. This is a personal experience I had. I've had a great day and you know, I come home and I'm sitting on the porch and you'll know this is from Virginia because there's few porches in California. Nobody can afford that. And I'm, I'm on the porch, you know, the sun's getting ready to set. And it's, if you've ever had one of these great wonderful, awesome days where things seem to go right. And I'm just sitting there and I'm just thanking God for the day. God, thank you for this day. And out of gratitude, I just whispered this prayer to him. And of course, he's listening. And I said, Lord, is there anything else you want me to do today? Because if you do, I'm available. Well, Brett, I see one of my neighbor's walking down the you know we lived on this back street had a cul-de-sac i see one of my neighbors walking down the street and i'm sitting there and and he looks like he's about to turn into our driveway and walk up to talk my first impression was right after i prayed this prayer is there anything else you want me to do i'm like oh no like i'm exhausted (laughs) like oh my goodness i hope he's not coming up here to talk like i'm done you know and so I don't know if anybody else can relate to this, but, you know, he comes up. It felt like he talked for 30 minutes. Like, I just listened. And there's still a small voice inside of me. Like, when he gets done, I want you to share with him about me. My response to who I believe is the Lord telling me to do this, I'm like, he'll think I'm crazy. Like, he's not talking about any of that. Like, this this is going to sound so crazy if I just, out of the blue, bring this up. And the words like, just when he gets done, I let him talk 20, 30 minutes. He's talking about everything. It felt like the moon, the stars, you know, his work, whatever. And when he gets done, I just look at him and I I call him by name. I said, uh, have you ever accepted Jesus as your personal Savior? You know, he died for you to forgive you of all your sins. Have you ever asked God to forgive you and invite him into your life? you know, to be the Lord of your life. It was just a simple gospel. He looked at me, Brent. He said, Jimmy, I walked up into your driveway, hoping you would ask me that. Wow. <laughs> this is not a dude. We didn't talk. I'd seen. I'd, we'd waved. I, I just stood there in astonishment. Mm. He asked the Lord to come into his life, and we prayed together, and it's there's not this perfect prayer, right? It's just helping this person express to God, God, forgive mm-hmm. me. I'm a sinner. And he did that. He said, Jimmy, I'm going straight home to tell my dad for 38 years he has prayed that I would become a believer. Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. Another, another story. There's so many stories that will encourage your people. I'll give you two quick ones. One. I'm in our living room of our home. And again, you know, Lori's, she's gone to church doing music and the girls are out. And I'm just sitting there. I'm by myself late evening. And all of a sudden I have this impression. Again, it's that same like, Lori, is there anything you want me to do? Like whatever it is, I'll do it. I just breathe that prayer while I'm watching TV. And all of a sudden I have this impression. Call your uncle and share with him about me. I had been talking to my dad's brother for 20 years, 25 years about Christ, and it was a no. I had been talking to my mom's sister's husband 30 years about, and it seemed like every time that I would share with him, I'd write a letter, and maybe six months later, I'd have this impression. I'd go to his house an hour away and talk to him and ask for permission if I could share Christ with him, and he would always say yes. I would share it. it. felt like his heart got harder and harder every time I did that. I'd send him a book. And uh, so my Uncle Bill, I called him up. How you doing, Bill? You know, it's like nine o'clock at night and doing great. How's your wife? She's doing great. And, you know, I just said, Bill, and I always ask for permission, Brad. Nobody wants to be forced. Bill, would you let me share the good news with you? Bill said, yes, yeah. And I shared Christ with him. I said, Bill. Would you like to invite Christ into your life to be your Lord and Savior? He said, yes, I would. I about passed out in the floor right there. Mm. My uncle prayed to receive the Lord. Then his wife prayed to receive the Lord. Uh, My mom's sister's husband, same thing. After years of planting seeds and sharing good news, asked the Lord uh, into his life. And it just came about through simply obeying what Jesus said, go into the world, make disciples. And some of your hardest conversations, I think people feel, are with like moms or dads or mm-hmm. sons or daughters. or People we care about. Family members. Yeah, those are the hardest. People that we care about. Mm-hmm. that really are. But you know what? Over time, sowing the seed, watering the seed, I think everyone needs to remember they're not the one that saves them. But the power of that gospel and that good news, God is the one who does the saving. Mm-hmm. And he works through us when we share it.
0: Yes, amen to that. And this is what happens when Christ is our life. We hear his voice and we do what he says.
1: Yes, and his voice is very clear. He said, if you follow me, I'm going to make you fishers of men.
0: Mm -hmm. So
1: it's part of that mission that all of us have. Can you imagine if all of us took what he said seriously and did it? Again, I think that, you know, And again, you know, church world I grew up in at the time, we paid the pastor to do the visitation. Just a flat-out lie. No, we all have been commanded to share good news. Jesus said, I did not come to judge the world. I came to save it. I did not come to condemn the world. God's asked, listen, the world is already dead. And if you're out here trying to condemn your neighbors, it's like shooting a dead man. They're already dead. Christ has good news to share with them. He's not asking you to go out and condemn people. He's asking you to go share how great He is, how loving He is, what He's done for them. And that, you know, He wants to, you know, we use the word save, but it's to come and transform our lives. You know, I think of the butterfly, the caterpillar. It is a, it's a supernatural event that when we share and people respond, God comes to live inside that person. Our home changed. Mm -hmm. My dad, my mom, that led to our coming to know Christ. That led to our family being called to start a church. And listen, Brett, we would have been the last family on planet Earth. You would have ever expected God to do what he did through us. Mm -hmm. Last family on planet Earth. So God loves to pick weak people. You know, it's what he, Jesus was called the, you know, he was the stone the builders rejected. They looked at him, evaluated him. Instead, you're worthless. You're a throwaway. God says, it's the throwaway that I demonstrate my power, my glory. So regardless of what people feel, their past, how weak they are, you know, how well they don't do whatever. You know, I love what what was it he said to Gideon? Go in the strength that you have. That's a word right there. Mm-hmm. People listening right now, hey, it's not about what you don't have. Christ says, You give me what you've got. Like Moses did, you know, with the the staff, and like Gideon did, and the disciples when you know there wasn't enough food to feed five thousand plus women and children, but they found a lunch: five loaves and two fish. Go in the strength you have. Watch God do with what you've got. Your story, your testimony. I was preaching at a, a Chinese church, and I just felt led of the Lord. The sermon today is going to be me teaching you how to share Christ with your friends and neighbors and loved ones. And uh, the church that I'm in, they had, you know, three different, they've got Cantonese, Mandarin, and that English speaking. And so some of it was a translator. So when I got done sharing, how simple it is to go and share with someone, ask for permission. could I share the good news with you? And I don't know that I've ever been turned down when I've asked somebody that Now people can, but when you're respectful Could I share the good news with you? People, they'll they'll listen to you. And always give an invitation after you've shared. Would you like to ask the Lord to forgive you and come into your life? And so I shared with this group, messages over. We had a bunch of first-time guests that responded to the gospel. And I get a call like two days later from one of the churches uh, that was there, one of the church plants. And he called me up. He said, Jimmy, you're not going to believe what happened. I said, what? He says, all the people in my church, and it was a, a very young congregation, you know, they're in their 20s and 30s. He said, Jimmy, they they all went back home and they called their parents and grandparents and family in China and asked for permission to share Christ with them. He said, they actually did it. And I'm like, that's so cool. You know, that's so amazing. You know, they acted on what Jesus commanded us to do. So, man, that's an encouraging word for anybody listening. If you want to change someone's life, future, family, potential, all those things, then just call the people up that God's got on your heart, the people you're connected with. And also be open to do that with the Roman roads of today, the 21st century. You and I are having this conversation on two different coasts.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Listen, the Internet is the Roman road of the gospel for the 21st century.
0: Yeah. Would you just explain that metaphor for our listeners who may not be why, wonder why? Why on earth are you talking about Roman roads?
1: Yeah. So in the first century, you had, you know, Rome had come in and conquered all the known world of that day. And wherever the Romans went, they built all these magnificent structures and bridges. And, you know, they were genius in so many ways and things they did. They built work that, uh, the Roman Empire of the day. Well, those are the roads that Paul and those disciples traveled on to take the good news of the gospel. So you know, a lot of times we can get caught up in the, you know, negativity of everything that's wrong with technology, everything that's wrong with, you know, right now AI is the big, you know, it's gonna destroy the world. And who knows? You know, it eventually is gonna be destroyed. But why don't we use tools like AI and the internet and Facebook, you know, I did some Facebook boosting, sharing Christ in India, because you can now pick wherever you want to do this. And I had like eight or 9,000 people listening, you know, when I said, hey, I want to do this in India. So Facebook, you know, picked the areas. I had eight or 9,000 people listening and shared Christ with these people and then gave them a place where they could record a decision mm-hmm. <laughs> if they wanted to accept Christ. I had like 260 some Indian people who said yes, that they wanted to say yes to Christ for the first time. And then out of that, there were some pastors on the call. They said, hey, will you train us? So use the tools that God's given you. A lot of the people listening, or maybe, you know, they're on TikTok, or did you know you can use this tool to say, hey, I just want to tell you my story? Mm -hmm. If you want to know more, this is all of God's people. We're commanded as his disciples to go make disciples. Now you want to talk about an awakening, if that were to happen, oh my goodness, it would sweep the entire planet. Mm. It, It would be amazing.
0: That's awesome. Well, brother, we've run out of time, unfortunately, but it's been such a blessing to have you on these three episodes and share from your heart about what God's done in your life, what he's taught you about him living his life through you, and how that has resulted in a passion for sharing the gospel with all the nations. So. And yeah. uh,
1: Thank you, Brett, for what you do, man, and how you're making a difference, being faithful uh, to Christ. So it's really, really neat to connect with you.
0: Same here, my friend. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sound of Truth. If you enjoyed it, please rate and review it. Also, tell your friends about it. Thanks. Music is by Canon and is used by permission. Sound of Truth podcast is produced in collaboration with Harvest Jacksonville and is copyrighted by Brett Amarani. 2023.